Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Jared Brandon. Brandon won pickups. There's no Tony. Where's Tony? Tony's I don't not know, here. Man. There's a big empty seat with Tony. Tony That's got a weird. brand new puppy and it got sick and it had to have a it's it's a it's a rescue and so it had to get some work done. That dog is actually attached to him it's a, more it's a so than his wife, yes, so he's sir. gotta watch it. So Yes. So um anyways, here. so Tony wasn't able to join us. It was a last minute emergency. Unfortunately, he wanted to be here. He wishes everyone, including um our illustrious guests on the line and John Esterly sitting in the corner here. There Say hi, he John. Hi, John Esterly, Rare Buzz Effects. That's there right. He is. Uh, my name is Todd Novak. Welcome to the Guitar Knobs Podcast. We are thrilled to death that you are listening. We are going to have a very exciting show. I have been looking forward to having this guest on for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And uh, his pedals have made it to uh, the four on the floor a couple times, too. Oops, I said pedals, so he's a pedal builder. But if you read the thing before you clicked on the thing to listen to this, you already know that. That's right. Jared, what do we do on the show? We talk about boutique builders and... Um, we like to figure out where they started, how they got started, and uh, the 101 episodes that we get to learn stuff from. Yes. And that's a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well done, Jared. Uh, Thank you. Who do we have on the line right now? Uh, hello, I'm uh, Joe from Like My Pedals. Joe from Like My Pedals. Joe. Um, Joe, can you can you share your last name, or is it the secret? Oh, uh, no, it's fine. And, and I understand if no one can pronounce it, because it's a super hard last name, but it's O'Rourke. It's just like fork with an R. Right, O'Rourke. Yeah. Yes. I totally yeah. saw that. You'd be surprised how many how many people don't know how to pronounce my last name. Really? Yeah. Um, um, I'm not a political person, but there was a presidential candidate with my last name, and I only wanted him to win so people could learn how to say my last that's name. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Yes. <laughs> yep. Um, Nothing else. I don't know anything about politics. I don't care about politics, but I wanted him to win so people would know how to say my last name. <laughs> that's that's pretty that's a that's solid reasoning all right well we've got a great show and so joe from like my pedals uh where can people see what you've done out on the internet as they're listening along oh well i run pretty much everything exclusively through facebook i don't know why i tried creating a website once but it never worked so the best way to get a hold of me is going to be my uh facebook page just like my pedals you can search that but I'm also on Instagram at like my pedals and I do have a YouTube channel that I've just completely neglected for the past few years, but I <laughs> will hopefully soon be making some better demos for it. Awesome. So make sure you go check those out. Uh, we'll get into why this is uh, he's an interesting guest because I think he's got a different approach to things. So um, anyways, uh, we've got a couple announcements real quick. We need to say a big fat thank you to Rode Mics for hey. providing the Rodecaster Pro ultimate machine of awesomeness here, capturing our podcast. Uh, we would encourage you, if you are interested in podcasting, or if you just want to record stuff at home uh, with your band, or if you're just a singer-songwriter or whatever, or a comedian, you need to work on your stand-up. This is a great way to do it. Uh, it's super easy, super affordable, and made so well. So thank you to uh, Rode for providing that. And also the Procaster mics, which are our little best friends here on the podcast and Tony's articulating arms. His is sitting empty right now. It's very sad. And it's not getting articulated. No. It's not here. There's no articulation happening. Nope. Uh, I also want to call attention to, we've had so much great mail lately, and, I'm, and I'm, it's just, 
it's so exciting. I love connecting with people. I love hearing what the you know how the show is uh, affecting them or um, how what they think of it and all of those good things. And I just wanted to share something really quick. Uh, we had uh, Jared. You met somebody interesting at the old um, uh, Nam. I did. Yes, you did. And he goes by the name of Mike Squires. That's right. And he's a, a professional musician. He also runs Couch Riffs, which is a web series and podcast featuring musical musical guests from uh, all kinds of genres of music. Yeah. He's had uh, uh, actually one of our former guests, uh, rock and roll relics. Yeah, fame. He had him on there. I think he was in a band with uh, Duff. McKagan. Well, he's been in a couple. Um, he's been in Duff. Uh, he's played with Duff McKagan, Alex uh, Skolnick, Testament, Jared James Nichols, uh, and Billy Rowe, as we just mentioned, yeah. um, and uh, many, many resume, others. Man. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of a. It's uh, his channel on YouTube is kind of unique. It basically they they sit on the couch and they they play a song that they just rock out to, and then they just talk about. Uh, you know, their guitar lives, so it's mostly musicians and stuff. Um, oh, and you know who he had? He had uh, the the lady. Um, oh, I just forgot her name. You know, uh, she's not a lady, but she, you know, she dresses up like a lady, and she's a total shredder. Mrs. Smith. Mrs. Smith, cat lady, total shredder. Uh, and that was a really fun episode to watch. So I would encourage you to go check it out. It's called Couch Riffs. Uh, anyway, so I, we connected, and we had a really great chat, and... Um, uh, so I said, hey, uh, why don't you give us your four on the floor? I'd be interesting to know uh, as a professional musician. So uh, his four on the floor reads as such, the boss TU2. He says, I know they make an updated version of this thing, and it's boring pedal to have on the list, but I don't care. I also know that there are fancier pedal tuners that some of my friends are using. I like this thing because it's built like a tank. And it works well. I own at least four of them. And you don't have to have a dongle clip to your headstock on stage, which he can't stand. Also, the Earthquaker Devices Palisades. It says it's not the simplest 808 clone, but it is the most flexible. Uh, it is a Swiss Army knife of a pedal. And if you're looking to touring with, with uh, changing the back line, this thing can offer you some amazing options on the fly. Probably his favorite OD pedal of all time. Also, the Daredevil, Atomic Cock. There's no cooler guitar tone to be found in a fixed position cocked wah sound. I like to use the wahs that are in step and go momentary, uh, which is, I like, I'm a fan of momentary switching. Uh, and this is a bit more difficult to find the sweet spot and hold it with those, you know, the, the typical uh, wah pedal, which is, I, I investigated actually getting one of those myself. So nice to hear that uh, he's he's seconding that. Yeah. Uh, and then the eight, Eventide H9, it says, I'm constantly flirting with technology and then running back to tradition. However, this pedal is a game changer and is perfect for anyone trying to get the most out of a small footprint. And this is a must have for flying gigging folks. Uh, it has everything available in it from mild traditional stuff to wild and crazy stuff that you'll probably never use unless you're doing soundtracks or ambient music. Also, if you don't know what this pedal is, you probably aren't reading this anyway. <laughs> I'm, I'm just reading. I'm doing the, uh, the uh, you know, Ron Burgundy action here. There you go. Uh, anyway, so uh, thank you to Mike Squires for sending that in. And go check out his show, Couch Riffs, on YouTube. All right, gentlemen's. We need to get into what's going on in our music world this week. Typically, Tony starts us off. I'm going to have Jared start us off, and then we're going to head on over to Joe and find out what he's doing. So I have uh, 
I have a bug in my rear. Um, no, right? There it is. That's my thing of the week. No, I have a bug in my butt to get a uh, a couple of paisley. I want a pink paisley. I had a pink paisley made about four or five, six years ago, maybe even further than that. Uh, I sold it and I regret it. Um, just love the way pink paisleys look. Uh, number one, because of the the vintage look, because they had them back in the day. And I, I don't know. It's just eye pleasing to me. So okay. I I I got a couple of uh, all parts bodies. One's going to be relict, and one is going to be brand new. And the one that's relict, I bought a um, 1972 Tele neck for it, and it has it, it's quarter sawn. It's a standard it's just, tele neck. It's not it's the a CBS. standard. Yeah, just a standard tele neck from 1972. Not with, not with the CBS headstock or anything. No. Yeah. There actually there there was never a CBS version of that. Um, that well, let me back that up. There, they did not touch that headstock shape. CVS did not like they did the strat. They never, they didn't touch the. So anyway, it's it's just flamey and it's so beautiful. It's very rare um, to look like that. So I'm very excited to get that neck and um, to put these guitars together. Um, and that's that's pretty much it. Just collecting all the parts and pieces to. Uh, complete the project and uh, as far as pickups i'm not sure what i'm gonna do maybe i'll just buy somebody else's pickups put them in there awesome probably not but anyway yeah that probably concludes my guitar well i brought my uh fob star amp and my reverend guitar in to show everybody Ooh. that was fun to mess with hmm excellent um so uh yeah, you, that that Fopstar amp. Just really quick, why don't you 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 want to mention that real quick? Well, of course I do. So that is a low dose, and uh, it's a two amp, and it is very loud for a two amp. Drew Foppy designed that uh, amp, and it is very 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 juicy sounding uh, in the overdrive, and you can turn it down, and it still sounds juicy. And it still has that true tube amp sound. Um, it's got a great quiet channel, too, nice and crisp and clear. And I'm um, probably leaving out some of the really intricate details about it um, because I don't know nearly as much as, as he does about uh, amps or anybody that's a real expert about it. But mm -hmm. all I know is it's it's been my favorite amp ever since I got it, and I've been just it's my go-to it's got great tones it's, it's, it's actually really light you it turn is, it on one switch and it's, it's on you don't have to wait and it's it's just a great great amp yeah and it's it's well built and all those things yeah, and and he's a good dude so buy stuff from him absolutely all right joe what's going on in your music world this week well actually for once i've had a fairly big new music year week i hadn't in like a year and a half but i decided uh a week and a half ago to go sell one of my guitars and get a bunch of stuff I actually needed. Awesome. So I sold my PRS P22 with the 10 top, um, which I actually got decent, decent value out of, which is nice. But uh, I bought a bunch of studio stuff so I can start like recording better quality demos. Um, first and foremost, I got a new road mic. So there you go. Hey, hey, hey all right. I, I had a Rode um, NT-USB before, but now I got an NT-1A. Um, 
then I bought a, a Focusrite uh, interface, the eight input, yeah, and a SM57, an articulating mic stand. Popular around here. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, I bought a new bass amp, a Harkey 500 watt little 210. I didn't have anything to play my bass through. Um, what else did I get this week? I feel like I got something else, but I don't know what it is now. If you say a um, Cadillac, I'm going <laughs> to... Nah, 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 not a Cadillac. Um, I did have one at one point in my life, but it wasn't new and it was not great. <laughs> Hey, can you real uh, quick explain uh, to those who don't who aren't aware? So you mentioned you you had a PRS and you said it's a ten top. Can you explain that to the folks? Um, basically, the ten top is where they actually take time to match the wood and the grain on it. They they call it like a, a ten rating out of that. Um, it's the really pretty ones you usually see with the flame tops on them or quilt tops on them, but uh, they, they usually match up pretty good with the wood grain going both directions from the centerpiece. And they have like the carved top well right usually some kind of nice stain stain mine was a charcoal burst oh nice oh, that yeah. sounds pretty very pretty okay yeah cool. i just never played it yeah it just literally sat here and it was a waste of money to have sitting around not gameplay. it sounds like you got some really cool gear out of that i i think that that's a kind of a fun thing to do especially if you have if there's some gear that you know you want that you that you know you wouldn't actually pay money for. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I also came out with like an extra grand on top of the whole thing. So that wow. really was nice to have wow. cash. That must in my have been a heck of a guitar. Yeah, they're not cheap. Yeah. Wowzers. But I mean, there's one of the reasons I didn't play it. I didn't want to like mess it up. So I, I would just leave it at the house all the time. I'd never take it out and play it. Wow. All right. Well, somebody's a lucky cat out there with that thing. Yeah. Nice. Uh, John, how about yourself? Well, I am uh, dipping my toe into the Eurorack pool. Um, so this week, I kind of started putting together just a very basic setup. Um, went on eBay and bought up some DIY kits, uh, which I wouldn't necessarily recommend to someone who doesn't already have a lot of the parts sitting around, because um, you can end up spending more on the DIY than just going and buying the module. But uh, got a voltage-controlled oscillator, a voltage-controlled filter, and then a sequencer. So mm. kind of minimum cost of entry to make it make noises. Can you explain to everyone out there Eurorack? I know it's a word that's been thrown around a lot, especially in the last year, uh, you know, out on, on YouTube and on Instagram and on podcasts and stuff. But if anybody doesn't know... Explain to Eurorack. Yeah, well, Eurorack is kind of the um, kind of the standard small format modular synth system. Um, it's a three U height, which is just a description of how tall the uh, the racking is. Which three U is kind of if you picture like a standard rack hole, that's that's probably three U, about five inches tall. Right. Um, and then, uh, you know, but, as opposed but they're, to they're they're typically not like. When we say rack, that you know, we're usually thinking of the long version of a rack, but these are typically shorter. Right. You'll you'll buy individual modules that right. you know can be fairly you know all the way from you know a half an inch wide all the way up to the you know the full width of the rack. Right. Um, and then you kind of put together your own music or sound making machine out of that instead of going out and buying, say, uh, you know, a keyboard that's already got all the synthesis built into the top of it. Mm-hmm. All right. That sounds very interesting to someone. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm just being honest. I'll, I'll let you know how it plays out. We've, we've got some uh, upcoming products that we would need that type of equipment to test. So. Yeah. It is a weird thing because I've, I've you know, watched a lot of demos. And I actually like listening to EDM. I listen to that when I'm working almost exclusively because it just lets my brain kind of just do its own thing. Uh, and whenever I see somebody, like, demoing the the rack mount stuff i'm like that seems like three or three lefts to make a right uh trying to get a sound out of it and i know that it's it's the hobbyist uh, not only i'm just saying that i think a lot of people are gravitating towards because like hey here's some cool new stuff that i can really tweak around with to get sounds on my own it isn't just hitting a button and you're getting that sound you're creating that sound right i mean you're with a with a true modular system you're kind of deciding what I mean, even down to the base of where the noise comes from, and then how you shape it. And, yeah, yeah. So there's there's a lot to it. Yeah, that's interesting. That part that part is very interesting. I think I just you know, I don't think I'll ever be using one personally. But <laughs> just, you know, it's just me. Uh, let's see. For me, I am playing musical pedals <laughs> on my board. I mentioned I've been trying to chase this sound that we got in here uh, on the recording, and I'm. Um, it's been it's it's fun. It's maddening. It's frustrating because your your ears start to get fatigued, and you're you know what if I put this one in front of the other one? What if I put what if I put the EP boost after these two? What if I put it in between? What if I put it before it? Ugh, you know. So it's it, it is a huge time suck, <laughs> but. I've got a show coming up, so I got to figure it out. <laughs> right, but uh, yeah, it's it's kind of fun. So I'm trying out all kinds of different, you know, ODs and boosts and fuzzes and whatnots and who's it's galore and all that stuff. So I I just did mention a little bit of Mermaid, Little Mermaid right there. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've got three girls. I'm it's gonna wow. it's gonna creep out. <laughs> I was wondering why it sounded so familiar. <laughs> Yeah, that's Ariel. Don't judge right? me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Look out! One, two, one, two, three. Four on the floor. Okay, Joe O'Rourke, like my pedals. Give us your four on the floor. All right. So at first, I had to put a lot of thought into this, and I was just going to shamelessly plug one brand, but I decided better. I, I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to do this right. Not just make it all pedals that I built. <laughs> awesome. Um. So. First and foremost, I love this pedal for a first stage. Um, I run it all the time even I because I, I run super clean amps to start with. So I need something that's going to give me a little bit of breakup without turning my volume all the way up, um, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So um, my buddy, Justin Tenkate over at MZO Effects, he makes a pedal called the Blue. And um, it's one of his preamp style pedals he does. He does a few of them. But this one, it was by far my favorite and the most, you know, just able to get like anything I want from like a clean amp tone. Um, it's got independent controls for, you know, your, your gain, your levels, your timber to the effect. It's got different settings on it as well, where you can kind of click in and different uh, like lift modes. I'm not really sure what all the, the knobs on it do, but I know it makes my amp sound good. <laughs> nice <laughs> which which i really appreciate um the I, the it's funny a, part of the story was oh go ahead well I, it sounds like uh especially if you're running if you've got like a, a really powerful head or something like that that maybe has 
no color or might sound a little bit sterile because you can't really get things pumping, that it adds that little extra bit of uh, nest to it. Yeah, this might be a jump ahead, but my primary amp is my, uh, I have an original 65 Deluxe Reverb Blackface. Okay. So that's not going to have any breakup from that amp whatsoever. It's, it's as clean as it gets, as almost as loud as it gets, unless I push it with something. Right. Okay. But um, I uh, was running a uh, sale on one of my pedals. I was doing my uh, limited runs of certain artwork. And it was when I first introduced my White Wells delay pedal, the one that has the picture of the Moby Dick swimming up on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just messaged me and said, would you be interested in trading your pedal for one of mine? And I said, yeah, let's do it. And uh, it was love at first plug-in on that pedal. <laughs> I <laughs> fell in love with that circuit. I don't know what it is, but I just – and I've been telling everybody I can about it. You need one of these. This pedal will just change your life in that low-gain arena. Wow. And then the name of it one more time? It's a MZO effects and the pedal is the blue pedal. I, I'm not sure if it's blue overdrive or blue preamp. It's just called blue and it's the color is blue. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Okay. Well, I, if you can find one used quickly, go get it. Cause it'll probably they'll start to get snatched up. Uh, yeah, I, I'm telling you, I, I seen, I see them on reverb every once in a while for like around a hundred and that's like a ridiculous steal on it. Really? Okay, John's John's looking it up to buy them all right now. <laughs> if, if you can get one, go ahead and get it. I, this is my endorsement. All right. All right, so for my second stage, I don't have necessarily a particular one, but it's going to be based around the Klon Gold Circuit. It's got just a nice mid-hump, nice breakup. You can roll it clean, blend back in, or you can roll the gain a little hotter, which I typically tend to do. Um if you can have a couple modifications to it, like different clipping options or like a bass boosted fat mode, that would also be fantastic. But I love playing in that, that clone style circuitry. Um, another good modification you could do on them to make them sound even better is swap out the op amps and make it like, um, kind of like a half gold, half silver version. And you'll get more of like a tube screamer feel out of it as well. Uh, which, I know it kind of defeats the purpose for most people, but I, I love it. <laughs> so, Joe, for those that aren't real familiar with the Klon circuit, what's uh, what are the differences between the op amps, between the gold and the silver? Well, the gold one um, has the TL072 chips in it, whereas the silver would have JRC4558. That's really the only difference in the entire pedal. And if um, that math two, went over your head, don't worry about it. It just sounds cool, right? Yeah, well, the 4558 is well-known for being in Tube Screamers. That's pretty much the chip you're going to find exclusively in Tube Screamer. And I like I like playing around with them and popping them in and out to the different sockets on there and kind of just getting different tones out of it. Um, and everyone knows the original Klon had the mythical diodes that you can't find anywhere um, unless you look on eBay and just search vintage Russian germanium diodes. But... Um, it's real fun playing around with substituting like LEDs or substituting shocky diodes or uh, other like modern silicone diodes in there as well. And you can kind of get different tones out of it. You can tighten it up a little bit. You can have a more like modern style of drive out of it, or you can actually kind of, kind of um, crunch down a little bit on it and compress it a little more and have even more of a, uh, like that sag um, type tone to it as well. So mm-hmm. It, it's just a great circuit that you can really work off of and do a bunch of different things with. Awesome. Okay, sounds good. Numero three. Number three is going to be the delay pedal. I've 
used pretty much ever since I started using delay. I had one delay pedal before this, but once I got this one, I never went back. And that's the, um, the even tied time factor. I know it's not the popular kid at school. It's not the cool <laughs> timeline. Um, it's not the Strymon, but I like the functionality of the time factor and it has a hundred available presets. I use two of them and then I, uh, basically tap tempo the tempo I want and then save that tempo onto like the next six or seven, uh, presets. So that way I could just quickly bring up the tempo I need, but I just always, my channel one's always dotted eighth and my channel two is always quarter note. And I use the, um, the analog delay tone on it. I don't know. It's kind of stupid. I probably could do it a lot easier, but I like presets. <laughs> That's cool. As those come up on Craigslist all the time. I, I, I feel like either the same guy keeps selling it over and over or there's just a lot of them. I'm not really sure. It's such a great pedal. And like, you can actually go on to like the eventide, um, like forums and people will like create and upload different, uh, patches for it so you can actually update it with different patches and presets that people have made for you if you if you don't want to like do the work yourself uh which is nice if you're looking for a specific song they'll list it up there like this is the delay tone and everything used for this 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 song just import it right into your pedal Hmm. very cool yeah all right and finally for the fourth one i have had one of these pedals ever since i got the first they used to do every black friday they would have a $99 any pedal that they made sale. And I would always buy one every year. And ever <laughs> since I got the first one of these, I've had one on my board and that is a Mr. Black Superman. Okay. Um, currently I have the blood moon version that's blue, but I've had the super moon. I've had the super moon Chrome. I've had the other blood moon. That's red. I've had the eclipse. I, it just, it doesn't matter which one of them is that circuit for reverb just is so lush. And like, I never use the um, the modulation feature on it either. I just basically use the mix and the the decay, but it just gives me a tone I, I absolutely love. And since I play Fender amps and they have a great spring reverb built in on the amp itself, I don't really need my my reverb to do anything except for be an ambient tone. Right. So the Mr. Black is just fantastic. Well, that's a pretty ringing endorsement. You you say they do uh he, he does those every year. He does a ninety nine cent super. Well he moon. used to. Now he's doing well, he's still doing sales now, but now it's like buy two, get one free type stuff. He changes uh-huh. it every year, but for like for like three or four years straight, he did an every pedal was ninety nine dollars on his website and it would sell out like so fast. Wow. So you'd have to like get, as soon as he launched a sale, go on there and buy him. Um and I've probably bought just about every pedal they make. Um now, I've traded away most of them for other things over the time. Not that they, I didn't like them that much, but I just, you know, you get pedals and you get bored of them and you trade them. Right, right. Yeah, I, but, I, uh, I get it. But that's super moon. I'll, I will always have one of those on my board. All right. That is a pretty solid four on the floor, dude. Woo! Not bad. Yeah. Um, before we get into the, the big shenanigan bonanza thing no i'm not can't say bonanza because we use that for something else it's just a big thing that the big interview thing that we do here extravagant um we want to give a big fat thank you to music producer and recording engineer john fennel for his support for our show yeah uh, he's been a guest on a show and is a guitarist at heart himself uh and and plays he records and plays in bands and stuff so he knows how to get the tones that you're looking for john produced my upcoming album uh right here at relay recording and i'm was absolutely thrilled with the results that I got. Uh, he helped us through the whole process from pre-production to recording and engineering to mixing and ultimately to mastering. 
Unlike uh, some of the others that I've worked with, John was very attentive uh, to all of us, even the, like the drummer. It was, it was even the drummer. Even the uh, drummer. Uh, he 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 got some fantastic drum sounds. So and he, you know, this is coming from twenty years uh, plus of experience, and uh, he also provides his services offsite and or remote, not just here in this amazing studio that we're in. Uh, John can help you find the best way to tackle your recording project and bring your music to life. Check him out at johnfintel.com. That's J-O-N-Fintel.com and RelayRecording.com, where we are presently located and maybe, maybe permanently located. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. I know John's a whiz, man. He's really good at doing yeah, this stuff. He's a whiz he as we might say here on the show. So, uh, let's see. Joe O'Rourke, like my pedals, uh... First of all, we need to understand where, how you've got a kind of a different approach to the whole pedal world. Can you just give us the the, the overview of what this is all about? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's weird because I didn't start out intending to build pedals for people. I just kind of was building stuff for myself, and then it morphed into this kind of weird thing where everybody wanted to buy stuff. So I said okay, but um. With that came like the fact that I wasn't, you know, I wasn't making production run pedals. I was kind of just one-offing them for anybody who wanted one. So it's weird because most people, you know, you get, you make your pedals, you make a bunch of them and then you sell them. Well, with me, like people order the pedal exactly how they want it and then I'll make it for them and then send it to them. So with that, I took in a different level of a custom, custom design that most people don't want to take on, which I understand why now, but it's, uh, it's kind of too late. It's too late to change that now. Yeah, that's your jam. Uh, yeah, I, I, I do enjoy it. But, you know, there is sometimes where I wish I can just kind of mindlessly make, you know, a bunch of the same thing and, and then put them out into stores and that kind of stuff. But, you know, I, I love at the same time, all joking aside, I do love the fact that each time I get to make something that's unique and it's special and it's directly for a, a specific person. So I know when that person gets it, you know, they're going to open and say, oh, this was made for me. I didn't just, you know, randomly buy something from like a major manufacturer off a shelf in a store. Right. Yeah. Excellent. I, I um, mean, but yeah. that is one of the things that is a, a differentiator because that's exclusively what you do. A lot of builders they'll do. Obviously, they'll do customs or specials. For, you know, for uh, Hello Sailor is is somebody else that I think is taking somewhat of the same approach. Although you know he's doing some batches and stuff, but there is something really fantastic about getting something completely uniquely made and to spec in most cases as you're at doing. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've I've tried to do some small runs of things here and there just because I want to kind of move that way every once in a while if i can but it always comes back to people want the custom stuff and i'm i'm not going to tell them no i'm just going to make whatever they want i know that feeling now is yeah. it anything under the sun or can people or do, is it typically like hey i make these a uh, couple of different pedals and you can do whatever you want within these different how do you approach that well um over over time i mean when i started it was all paint by number stuff i was just finding like circuits and copying them and building them because I was building for myself at the time and I didn't really care. It wasn't like a, a taboo thing because I was just making myself stuff. Um, but as I started like looking at the circuits, I wanted to break them down and understand why they did what they did. And I, and in that I would re, kind of reverse engineer everything and kind of just teach myself what all the different components were doing in the circuit. 
And through that, I was able to kind of start designing my own stuff, which was nice. But at the same time, you know, as a small person, when you're designing something new that no one's ever heard of before, they're less likely to try to take a chance on that as well. (laughs) They're like, well, I've never heard of this before, so I don't want to buy it. Um, which is cool. I get it. But, um, I, I didn't really care cause I have a full-time job where I, I pays all my bills at the house and everything. So this is kind of just a fun hobby for me. So I would just run these insanely low price sales, which probably another mistake I should have never done in the first place. Cause <laughs> yeah, I, I set my price points really low to start with. And, uh, now it's, it's, you just do, you can't come up once you started so low. Sure. It's, it's kind of, Difficult people are like, oh, well, you were selling that for this before, but I'm like, yeah, but I'm buying so much better components and I have better, like, you know, equipment to build it with type stuff. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, I just, I know if I can make back my initial investment and just a little bit extra to put into, into building, then I'm happy. Cause like I said, I have a regular job that pays the actual bills, which is nice. Um, but the fun part is when I get to, the way I do it, since I, I'm so small with it and I'm so selective with how I market and advertise, which I don't, I just, it's all word of mouth type <laughs> stuff. Um, I get to actually talk to each person I'm building for. You know, it's not like a random website they go to and just type in a bunch of stuff they want and then it sends it to me in an email and we never communicate. Um, each person messages me and we have a conversation and we take time to decide exactly, you know, what kind of circuit are you looking for? What what do you want to accomplish with this? You know, what, what sound? Do you have a song you want to try to get it out of? What kind of gear do you use? Um, you know, do you like any specific themes? Do you have any artwork you, you've been saving up that you want to put on a pedal? It's it's just like a whole, like, um, it's kind of like going to a tailor to get a suit. Where you're, I was just going to say it's bespoke. Yeah. Yeah, it's bespoke everybody's getting exactly what they want. And then um, the one thing, other thing I learned is over time, I start making, making digital proofs of what the artwork looks like and sending that over first, just so there's no like weird, like a uh, lost in translation type sure, stuff sure. where I, where I make something and send something like, Oh, that's not what I thought it was going to look like. So that's another learning curve I, I did. So now we do digital proofs of everything before I send over a finished product just to make sure it's going to look right. Smart. Now, why did you start out with them so low in the, the price? Uh, mostly because I never intended this to be a business. <laughs> I, just, I was just building pedals and random people would ask me. And, you know, it's it's kind of hard when you're not a pedal builder. Like as like someone who's done this for a while, you don't, you're not established. You don't have any kind of like uh, history to people of, or track record of doing good by people for to back you up. So you're just like, well, uh, 60 bucks, 70 bucks. I don't know. What do you think it should be? <laughs> uh, it could just be me. Also, I could just be that type of person where that kind of stuff, like I'm not good with the sales part of this. Yeah. Like I'm good with the building it and the making it right part, but I'm not, I'm not a salesperson by nature. So like that part of it's not the part that excites me. The part that excites me is the actual doing it and like creating new circuits and learning like things and making cool artwork and just experiencing like what a new circuit sounds like when I plug it in for the first time. That's that's the stuff I like. Yeah, I I share kind of a similar uh, way of doing sales, and and with my business, I I build pickups. And when I started out, I was just like you. I I would only uh, usually talk to people on the phone or or a really long email, and the satisfaction of that customer um, really really liking what I sent them, and me 
you know, nailing what they wanted or just even getting close, that was to me part of the payment that that I received was that yeah. satisfaction. And then, you know, as I got more busy and I got more machines and it kind of grew and it grew and it grew, um, I still go out of my way to make sure that they're getting exactly what they want. Um, but but I do do also a lot of the business where they, they pick the product and they never email me and we don't exchange um, specs and they, they can choose the product on the thing. But, you know... Uh, I'll do either, whichever, whichever they need. I still take the time, and you and I share that, and uh, that's really cool to have someone on that that does the same thing. You know, yeah, I mean, I know that the next logical step is going to be that for me, but I just I don't know if I when I'm ready to go there yet. Like, I like the scale I'm at right now. Right. Um, it's hard I'm to get out certain, of it. I'm fairly certain if I wanted to, I can, you know, invest some money into a bunch of enclosures and a bunch of parts, buy bulk stuff, and then just build a bunch of stuff and put it on, you know, some kind of store. And, and it probably would sell decently, but I don't know if like at the end of the day, I'd be as happy as I am with it. Mm-hmm. Well, you have a it, unique corner of the pedal world right now too. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's, that's, yeah. that's hard. That's harder to do in some cases. Plus I, I hate being that guy that's like always trying to push his stuff and advertising like, it drives me crazy when I because there's the, if you're in any of the Facebook groups, you've seen the people out there that they're just nonstop pr- self promoting everything, and yeah, I I don't want to be that guy. Like I want to be the yeah. guy that, you know, someone else had a question about something, and then like I get tagged in the comments like 50 times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's how I want to do it. I don't want to be the person that's sitting there type. Well, check out my page here and such and such this and that, and listen to this. I don't. I, just, I like when me. other people like, do, that. do that. When yeah. other people do that, it just. It's to me that means more because you know you're not yeah. self-promoting; it's somebody else, and they're like, "Oh," and then they can ask them their experience, and you know, hopefully, it's that nice, warm experience they had with the actual builder, and that gives people confidence. When you said nice and warm, you're really thinking about hot pockets, aren't you? Uh, you know, <laughs> maybe <laughs> hot pockets or pizza yeah uh, so joe what what brought you into the pedal world or do you have a background in electronics or is uh well actually it's, it's weird I, I have a background in electrical like in like large-scale electrical okay um, i'm a solar contractor in the florida like i actually have my license to build like utility scale solar systems Wow! Sweet. See, in in Florida they have sun, which is something we can <laughs> about. Yeah, we are called the Sunshine State. Although yeah, I think they're yeah. about to change that with all these Florida man stories lately. Yeah, <laughs> it what's might a be sun? The, Florida, the Florida man state soon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what's actually funny? Uh, John was asking uh, uh, John, who we just mentioned, John Fiddle was before he left the studio. Say, like, hey, who are you having on tonight? Oh, right, here, this dude uh, Joe Rourke from uh, Like My Pedals. Uh, he's like, oh, is he coming in the studio? I said, no, he's in Gainesville, Florida. And he goes, Florida man builds pedals. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. I get yeah. Uh, people send me Florida man stories all the time. Like it's the, it's just it's we're like America's punchline. Sure. Well, and you get the Tom Florida Petty State. thing, I'm sure, constantly yeah. as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tom Petty lived right here in Gainesville. Um, yeah. I Well, his house where he grew up in is gone because they built like a student living apartment complex there they tore the neighborhood down mm. which kind of sucks but i i did see it before they tore it down which was kind of cool that's cool um uh, tom r.i.p anyways john you had a good question I, it was on tip of your tongue and you just asked it 
I did. And I forgot yeah. that for a second because yeah, I was thinking sure about Tom Petty. Ugh. Man. Anyways. So talking about oh oh, what yeah. did I do? What do I do? Yes. Yeah. How, um, how electronics. Did you, how did you land on building pedals? Well, I was like everyone else. I was buying pedals, you know, because I'm a guitar player. I've been a guitar player for t- 29 years. I've been mm-hmm. playing, so I would buy pedals and I'd have all amps and guitars and just kind of play around with it. And then one day, I just kind of like the amount of money I spent on pedals at or or them not not necessarily spent on pedals, but the amount of trading I was doing to try to find new stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it adds up over time, you know. Sure. Even though you may trade for equal value, you're still paying shipping here and there. And all this adds up. So I'm like, I'm going to just open this up and look inside. And I opened it up and looked inside at it. And I'm like, I can do this. I don't remember what pedal it was. It was some, it was some boutique brand pedal. And when I looked inside of it, I was like, this doesn't seem that hard. I was like, I can figure this out. So I, uh, I just Googled how to build pedals and then, one page would lead me to another page would lead me to another page. And I started like doing all this stuff online and I found a site called Tagboard effects, which is a, a great site for anybody who wants to start building pedals. It basically gives you strip board layouts of pedals and you can kind of paint by numbers, build them hmm. um, on the, to- on the other side of the world. A young pedal builder is Googling how to build solar panels. (laughs) (laughs) I can do this. (laughs) You probably, you probably could, but it's it's a lot more dangerous with solar panels because if you're building them in the sunlight, you're getting shocked. Yeah. Right. Um, But, but uh, I don't know. I just, I'm one of those people that if I set my mind to doing something, I'm going to do it. It doesn't matter what it is. I'm going to figure out how to do it and I'm going to do it. Um, I don't always, you know, I'm not always good at it. Uh, luckily with pedal building, it worked out. So I was somewhat proficient with it, but, um, it, there was a lot of learning curve there. You know, you have to learn how to order parts. Ordering parts is not easy when you don't know what any of these parts are. Mm, that's one and, of the uh, big things that's, uh, been holding me back for sure. And these sites do not make it easy mm-hmm. to find stuff. Um, unless you want to order like Tata, which is like a, uh, I don't know if they're Taiwan or Thailand or Chinese, but they're one of those, um, East Asian companies, um, which they do have, like, if you want to get some basic stuff from them, it's okay. But you know, as far as like, like transistors, ICs and capacitors and stuff, I'd order those from like, um, you know, a company that's not going to give you fake stuff. They're going to give you like original parts. Mm -hmm. Um, but you got to like start, you know, figuring out how to maneuver these websites. And they are like mouser is one of the most difficult websites I've ever tried to order stuff from. I've kind of figured it out, like how to get what I need out of it. But it is not user friendly at all. It's actually a video game. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that everybody knows that. It, but it's it is. a knockoff of Frogger where you have to get a mouse across the street. Yeah. It's a la- it's a land based uh, you know. <laughs> my my strategy game. is to see another builder's gut shot and be like, hey, I like that capacitor and message them yeah. and say, hey, what's the mouse or part number on that? And then go from there. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good idea too. Because to try and find it is whoa. Yeah. Well, like, I don't know why, but like, I have a, like a thing for like the red polyfilm caps. Like, I love the way they look in pedals. So like, I mean, I know I can get boxes anywhere and like Wema boxes and they work just exactly the same, but I like the look of the red polyester film um, mm. caps. So the only place I can seem to ever get decent quality for at a decent price is small bear. So I'm always ordering from them, this, the capacitors, smallbear.com, um, right? Yeah, our it's small beer dot something ce yeah, dot. Yeah, it's weird. if you Google small um, beer electronics, I, but, that's the easiest way okay. to get it. Yeah, 
but they carry the um the top maze and the Panasonics, and that's usually what I'll order for capacitors. Just you know, I don't order much else in them unless I'm looking for like a rare knob or like a um, a 308 chip because they they have the 308s there, which no one else seems to carry. But um, other than that, it's it's just a, a a mod podge of ordering from different places and trying to get it all together. And that was the biggest hurdle was trying to just you know figure out what all this stuff is that I'm looking at on these schematics. Mm-hmm. Like, cause it, there's no shortcut to that. You have to actually put the work in on that part of it. Yeah. Um, and then once you get that down, everything else seems to just flow pretty easy. As long as you have a decent hand at soldering and you're, you know, detail oriented and you're going to spend time and be patient, you can usually get it to work. Yeah. Well, that's one of the, I think the most interesting things about building pedals and i'm and i'm just saying this from you know a diy kit experience okay but there are so many factors you get the creativity of what is what is this going to sound like can i mod it do i get to do that kind of thing you have the artistic aspect of it what color is it what what i want on it the you know choosing the knobs for it and everything and then the actual making of that and 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 trying your hand at soldering and failing and doing better at it. And then when you do like a really nice one, you're like, Oh, you're going to look at that one, which is kind of ridiculous to think about, but it's, it is a great experience. And we've said it over and over and over again. If you have been thinking about doing it, get yourself a, a good DIY kit. And I would say, uh, you can hit John up. He can point you to John Esterly up. He can point you to good DIY kits. I bet you can hit uh, Joe up and he can do the same thing. There's a great community out there that is so willing yeah. to help each other. And Any, anybody it. who wants to build, just message me and I will help walk you through what you need to order. I'll send you links, everything. I, I, I encourage other builders to start because I love seeing this industry grow. It's not like a, a competition thing. It's, it's the more there are, the more people are going to be involved in it. Right. And I like that. Better. Right. Absolutely. Um, the other the other thing is, like you said, now you get to the outside of the enclosure. That's a whole different world too. Oh yeah. You got to get good at at a. And the hardest part is marking out enclosures to to drill, so you don't drill your holes all like wonky. Like I still like you know have a hard time getting my everything laid out perfectly. But um, I've kind of got a system. I've it's probably completely wrong, but it's the system I use <laughs> and I have a big drill press and I go outside and, and, you know, once I get everything lined up in my enclosure, I use a punch. I punch my, my center punch and everything. I go outside, I drill them. Then I primer coat them, paint them. And, uh, I use, I've been using water slide decal for my art because I don't have a better method at the moment of mm. getting artwork on a pedal. Um, I'd like to buy a UV printer eventually, but they are not cheap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my buddy, um, a few more of those panels there. <laughs> yeah, my buddy at a uh, loophole pedals, uh, he just bought one, so he's actually starting to like give out UV services. So I'm like, man, I That's would smart. like you to make some pedals for me. I'll pay you whatever. I just don't feel like doing this by hand every every single one. Yeah, um, a lot of people are going I to did, the UV, and they're also going to uh, just do, uh, doing laser, like you know, doing a powder coat and then lasering out the the design. Yeah, yeah doing like, like the PLX edge. effects is, yep. is is doing. And then there's also the acid etching. Those seem to be three pretty popular ways of doing it, other than silk screening. Yeah, um, with with my pedal, just the in, intricacy and the different amounts of colors involved in the art. Because I don't usually do simple stuff. It's like complex art. Um, it's, it's one of those things I'd have to have a UV printer to do it if print wise. Otherwise I just 
I have a really good laser printer and I just buy high quality uh, water slide decal sock mm -hmm. and I'll print it on that, you know, 1200 by 1200 DPI. And then I'll just cut it out, slide it onto the enclosure. And I finally found an amazing uh, clear coat that is like rock hard and doesn't look like garbage. Mm, that's good. Um, like I put it doesn't that yellow. The, I put that over the decal. It, yeah, no, it's called, it's called 2k max. And, um, you can only order it online or get it at like certain like specialty paint stores, but it's like $30 for a can of it. And, uh, you have to use the entire can within 48 hours or it'll harden in the <laughs> oh, can because wow. it's a two stage. It's just two. It's a, it's a catalyst. So you have a little uh -huh. thing on the bottom, you pull it out and you pop the can and once you pop that can, you have like 24 to 48 hours to use that entire can or you just lost whatever you left in it. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's interesting. So I try to do like a, a batch of 10 at a time. That way, like I use an entire an entire can. Smart. Smart. So you do all your enclosure but I, uh, work in-house. So you're, you're painting them, you're buying yeah, I, raw I mean, enclosures. Everything with my pedals is 100% done by me in-house. Oh, wow. Everything comes in raw and, and, and not assembled. And uh, I just recently uh, about a year and a half ago got into like pcb design i finally sat down and took the time to learn the software so i can kind of create my own pcbs online um i use i've been using KiCad, which is uh it's like a cad based type software and i'll draw all my schematics on there then i'll basically set up all my footprints and my component uh, layouts and then update a PCB. Then I take that PCB file once I created it and I send it to an actual board manufacturer who manufactures the board to me and sends me the boards and then I populate them. Mm -hmm. um, mm. Which I wish I would have known how to do this a long time ago because it's so much, so much easier. <laughs> but once again, then when somebody wants something custom and you know the enclosure size they want or the knob layout they want doesn't match up with where I made my board mount of PCB mounts, I'm back into doing the old school way again so yeah whereas well, it'll save time if i can produce the same thing over and over again doing a variety of things makes it kind of more difficult yes it sounds like you are doing you're checking all the boxes off to make it as as humanly difficult as possible <laughs> to get a oh yeah <laughs> like i really should have done this completely different but yeah. i mean I do. I do. Um, when people order, I give a lead time of about a four to eight week window. Um, I, I, you know, just because for my sanity, uh, I have to do that because it, it'll, it'll t you know, if I do the artwork, it takes me about like a week to get some artwork finalized, sent over and sent back with approval. Then once I do that, I got to, you know, drill enclosures, primer, my boxes, paint my boxes, uh, put the artwork on, wait till I have a full batch so I can clear coat them. Um, then, you know, actually build out the pedal itself. So just in paint curing and drying times, I have like a week and a half worth of, of time there. Um, yeah. Not to mention waiting for a batch. So I always give four to eight weeks and you know, a lot of times I'll try to come in around the four week mark, but I have that eight week just in case I need it. I've, I put that up front that it could take this long. Sure. And in the end you're getting a one of a kind handmade pedal by you and that's, uh, you know, that's not something you can, there aren't very many things in life that you can get like that. And especially for us who are really enthusiastic about pedals, that's, that's a special thing. Yeah, it's, it's nice. I like it because it's like a talking point. Like when people come over your board, they're like, oh, what's that? I've never seen that before. And you're like, yeah, you'll never see one like it again because it's made 100% custom for me. Yeah, outstanding. Uh, what is, uh, just out of curiosity, what is the, 
maybe craziest or hardest pedal you ever had to put together? Oh, it was for my buddy, Jeremy. Um, if you've ever been in classified, you've seen his name. He's the shoe man. Uh, he's, he's a great guy. Awesome dude. But he, he gets a lot of pedals for me just cause we always do a lot of trade out stuff, but he wanted in, you, you know, the standard looper size box, like the little five switch looper boxes that everyone uses for like true bypass loopers. Yes. It's a, it's narrow and long and about maybe two inches tall. Yep. Um, he had a crazy idea for me to fit five circuits in that box so that each foot switch would control a circuit. And then on the back of the box, run all the knobs down the back. Oh, so my. we, we ended up putting five. Well, it was, it was one, uh, transparent overdrive. Uh, then like a medium game, a heavy game, a fuzz and a boost all in that one box. Wow. And, uh, so an entire drive having, like, section. Wow. Yeah, basically an entire five pedal drive section in that one box. And then he wanted it painted like Eddie Van Halen stripes, but not like art. He <laughs> actually wanted me to paint awesome. it. Awesome. So I, I had to base coat it, then like put a bunch of like masking tape on and stripe patterns and then like add code at a time, code at a time, code at a time. It, it was it was insane. Like, I don't know how I even did it. Now that <laughs> that at it. sounds amazing. And mm-hmm. I'm just willing to bet that you're probably going to get a few more orders like that after this. The other thing I dread is when people say, I want a small mini pedal. I'm like, I don't do mini pedals. I'm yeah. like, yeah. I'm like, I'll do like a standard single enclosure size and I'll put a bunch in that, but I don't want to go mini route. My hands are too big and I'm just not, I'm not good at those. They, they don't work for me. Yeah. What's the point? Just go get one from yeah. somebody else. Plus, like, with the mini pedal, you're not showing off the art you're getting. Because, like, the whole point of getting for me is getting custom art that you're not getting anywhere else. Right. Right. Now, are you are you hand, uh, just trying to get an idea of when, you, when we're talking about custom art, uh, I know some of the things that you've done in the past have been images that have been sourced elsewhere. Uh, you're doing some of your own art. How does, how does that work? It's a mix of everything. It just depends on what they want. Um, sometimes they'll send me a picture and say, "Use this picture," and I'm like, "Okay, I'm gonna, that's what you want." And or sometimes they'll be like, "Well, I want something like this," and if it's something I can't create on my own, I'll source an image, but I'll modify that image from its original. You know, it won't be like I won't just like copy paste an image down. It's going to be modified. It's going to look different a little bit, just enough to kind of get into the fair use realm type stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then again, I'm also not mass producing them so a custom one-off might not draw attention like you know say for example a whole star wars line of pedals that got pulled down oh did you make you did that no no there there was a a big pedal company that decided a black friday sale they were going to do a whole like all their pedals with star wars stuff on it oh and they they got a big old cease and desist on that one oh yeah sounds amazing I don't want to mention them by name because they're a cool company, but it kind of sucked. I felt bad. I was like, oh, that really sucks. (laughs) Well, as far as uh, pedal, other pedal companies, you've mentioned your four on the floor. You've been a player for a long time. Is there uh, somebody out there or uh, uh, any particular pedals that, that you, that have really inspired you maybe even musically or, or just build wise be like, wow, if I could, if I can get there, if I could, I like how this is done. Anything inspirational? Well, when it comes to circuit board design, the most inspirational pedal I've ever seen or pedals I've ever seen are Spaceman effects. Um, when you open those things up, they are works of art. Um, I think the guy's like a NASA engineer who, who builds those pedals too. 
Um, wow. But like his, his board design is absolutely beautiful. Um, stunning stuff. Uh, as far as like the, the circuit builds themselves go style of pedals. It's, it's hard. I don't know. I, I like everything. Like mm-hmm. I'm one of those people, like I can make almost anything have a good sound that I like. Um, I never really had any specific companies that I would just buy all their, I would, you know, little things from here and there. Um, as far as the most unique company I've, I've played is, you know, EHX, EHX makes all the coolest stuff, but it's all, a lot of that's di- digital signal process stuff too. So it's not something I would ever make. Cause I make, all analog effects. I don't really do anything digital. Yeah. Um, now, okay, I'm going to do something. Okay, uh, Genie just showed up. Can grant you one wish. What is that pedal right now? Boom. First thing in your head. Mm. Oh, crap. Um, First thing in your head. Be honest with want. yourself. Uh, Linear power booster. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Tuner. Polytune. Polytune 3 with buffer. There I said it. I'm not ashamed. <laughs> You shoot your eye out, kid. <laughs> oh, crap. I, I don't know. I don't really ever, ever want pedals anymore. Like, I've gotten like to the point where I don't want pedals anymore. Uh, give me another Supermoon. I like Supermoons. Okay. All right. Done. Poof. A special edition go. one that nobody else has. Wish oh, granted. Oh, oh. Uh, I'm really psyched about what you're doing. And uh, I hope that some other people out there will jump at the chance to get a handmade pedal by Joe. Uh, it's, it's, it's an awful, it's an awful lot of fun to hear about what you've done, how you're doing it. And it's inspirational because yes, you can go get one from yourself, but I think you've done a heck of a job, um, inspiring the idea of maybe go try this yourself as well. So, um, thank you for contributing to that aspect of things. Yeah, that's, that's all I want. I want, I want everybody to have something they really enjoy and it not, you know, put them out like, and, you know, put them having to get a second mortgage. Yep. Yeah, I like that approach too. <laughs> yep. Um, we're gonna jump into. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's your favorite part of the show because it's besides our, the awesome interview, of course. Okay. Everybody, everybody knows that. Sheesh. However, it is time for. Would you rather? All right. This week's Would You Rather is brought to us by our buddy Josh, other known as Ben Burrito 230 on the Instagram. <laughs> yeah, this is when I put out the the, the uh, bat signal to, uh, yeah. you know, we were doing a show and I said, hey, send me your Would You Rathers. And that was one of them that got go. sent in. And this is a good one. I love this one. Um, would you rather watch your guitar destroyed? Buy a wood chipper or give up your amp in replacement of it. Hashtag saw, he said. That's right. <laughs> I think, you know, the referencing saw movie. the movie. Yep. <laughs> uh, Is that your buddy in a wood chipper? Yeah. John? So I either, the guitar is gone in the wood chipper mm-hmm. or I keep the guitar, but the amp is but you gone. Got, yeah, the yes. amp's going to go in the wood chipper. Assuming gotcha. you only have one, one of, of each. each. Yes. I mean, I'd have to keep the guitar. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's uh, to me that kind of seems like a no-brainer because yeah. what are you going to do with an amp? Yeah. And well, and let's assume they're both of <laughs> uh, you know you love them both equally. Right. Yeah, they're right. they're equal in value. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's yeah. it's got to be a hard decision. 
Yeah, I mean, it'd, it'd be a hard decision, but I don't see why you would hold on to the amp unless you've got like a keyboard you were going to plug into it when you got yeah. home. Yeah. I say uh, keep the guitar, wood chip the amp. Which okay. I might, well, I might do that anyway. That sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sick of you, amp, going in the wood chipper. I've got an old Line 6 at the studio. That, there you go. Yeah, there That you might are. make a good promotional video. You've been buzzing Jared, way too long. <laughs> Jared, how, how about yourself? Yeah. Uh, um, if it came to the Fopstar, um, I would keep the Fopstar amp. But if it's, you know, I, I don't know. That's really tough. Um, now, you've got some pretty sentimental guitars. I do, super sentimental. What's so, the first one that came to your mind? Well, the absolute best sentimental guitar I've, I've ever had will be my dad's Gibson Dove, and and I'll throw anything in that wood chipper to keep that guitar. Including Tony. Uh, Especially no, Tony. No, when it comes to <laughs> Tony Baloney. Uh, <laughs> You're thinking about it. So I'll keep Tony. <laughs> so so dad's Gibson or the Fop Star, which one goes in the shredder? Oh, the Oh, I know. Now nah, you got to say, no, see, this is the, this I, is the I, wood you'd rather. Well, here. Drew would understand, and then I'd just have him make me another one. There you well, go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Joe, how about yourself? Oh, this is hard. Now, could it just be any of the guitars they have, or does it have to be like my favorite guitar? It has to be your I, favorite. It's yeah, got to be a sacrifice. Be, I got yeah. a bunch of crap guitars I would throw in there just to get rid of them off my, my room because it's just too much taking up space already. <laughs> well, yeah, it would be fun to watch. Um, see, it's, it's tough because like my favorite guitar, they only made 92 of them in this finish, so it would be fairly difficult to get another one. And my amp's an original 1965, so Ooh. which one do I want to get rid of? And they're both roughly the same value, so it's not like one's going to be way overvalued. I like the... Uh, the fact that I can still play my guitar without the amp. Mm. And now, am I allowed to get another amp in the future, or can I just keep the other amps I have? It's unspecified. I'm assuming. Okay, well, let's assume you're going to get another amp. Oh, well, this point. is see, a I, sick I mean, game, man. See, I made yeah. my decision based on I'm keeping one of them. And the other one's just gone forever. Yes, <laughs> never yes, to be that's replaced. true. That's true. Never like to life be replaced. And death. Yeah. Well, I met my dream guitar about a year and a half ago, and it wasn't my dream guitar when I first saw it, or it wasn't my dream guitar because of whose signature model it is. It became my dream guitar after I played it for a year and a half. And I just fell in love with this guitar, and like now I don't want to play any other ones. And I what just is got it? rid of my PRS. Um, well, it's an Ernie Ball Music Man. It's a Ball Family Reserve, and it's the Valentine model, but the okay. ivory gold one. Cool. All right. Okay. Uh, That's pretty cool. And I just I I love this guitar. Like I abs I'm like looking at it right now, just thinking about I want to hug it. Um, yeah. No, but it's it's a it's a fantastic playing guitar and it just sounds great on everything. But I love my amp. <laughs> Ooh. This is a dilemma. Um, I mean, I guess I I hate destroying history because it is an original, but I love this guitar so much. I'll I'll throw the amp in. I okay. have other amps I like too. All right. Yeah. I, that's well, that kind of surprises me, but uh, I, I'll uh, you know, hey, man, what about you, Todd? Yeah, Todd, what about you? Yeah. I, I'm gonna throw the amp in because I think to the point of like You've when you start playing a guitar, <laughs> when you when you start when you lock onto a guitar, it's just there's something special about it, and uh, uh, it's it's not anything that you can really. Most people can't articulate. There's just a thing about it, and uh, I agree. You know, um, yeah. it becomes yours. I don't know. Amps, amps are great, but I don't know if they become yours. You know, 
So I'm going with the app. That was an outstanding question. Uh, thank you for providing that. Ben Burrito 239. Uh, we, we greatly appreciate it. Please, if you are going like, hey, this is pretty fun, send us your would-you-rathers. We'll, we'll do it. We'll read it. Most most of them. We get some we get some lurid ones even. And we're like, <laughs> hey, we can't do that. Um, but we have a special segment right now that we have to uh, take care of because Tony Baloney is not here. So we need we, – we're going to substitute really quick. And I'm going to ask our good friend, Jared, who never gets to do the, uh, this list off. Actually, you know what? I can do it. Okay. Yes. And, and yes. So we're <laughs> going to switch things up really quick. All right. We got to thank a few people here. A few very important people. That's right. Yeah. So Jared, right about now, and and John and everybody else who's driving is probably thinking like, you know, where can uh, what what is this uh, executive producer thing that we read off uh, every week and that means so much to us? You might be thinking, well, how can I get involved in this? Right. That's what you were thinking. Absolutely. Right. So you can go to patreon.com forward slash guitar knobs and. Uh, you can learn how to do this. We've got a couple tiers, reward packets for each entry level. Um, but this entry level is for the executive producers. Uh, Jared, would you do the great honors right now? I would be honored to do the honors. Our grand poobahs, Jonathan Jerusic, Corey Nigro, David Kaminga, Cody Lane, Cody Foster, Sean S. S. Tommy Manasco. And our other executive producers, who are just as important as everybody else, Tom Berezin, Martin Clift, John Daly, who's that guy? Chris Kearney, Darren Gregory, Doug Christ, Michael Van Zant, Ken Sayers, Brian Robison, Michael Sanchuk, Stefan Lamb, Johnny Knowles, Anthony Lanthrop, John Anglin, Tyler Bray, Brad Partridge, Tyg Harmon, Chris Heidel, John Esterly, who's okay? That's me. Yeah. Tim Nowak, Doug Gann, Justin Jones, Steve Keys, Brett Alexander. All right. And those are our executive producers and grand boobas. Fantastic. So we rush over to patreon.com uh, forward slash guitar knobs, and you can have your name read on the thing. Just like we just did right now. Hey, sure. Tony, look at how look at how I did that. We, 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 we got everybody's name read in time. Everybody <laughs> got their time to have their name. And, and it was, see that? Look at that. How about He's, that? No, we miss you, Tony. Um, come back soon. Please. Um, all right. We're going to find out where we can find everybody real quick. Joe, where can people find you and buy your pedals that they like at Like Your Pedals? Uh, on Facebook is the best place to get a hold of me. Just send me a message through my page, like my pedals, and we will have an epically long discussion about everything about life in general, and then I'll build you something awesome. Fantastic. <laughs> that sounds great. How can you not want one of these now? I know, man. <laughs> uh, all right. You can find my stuff, uh, rarebuzzer.com, at rarebuzzer on all the social medias, and uh, 
Below Average Guitarist t-shirts are on order. They'll be back in stock possibly by the time you read this, or hear this, rather. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm giving the Guitar Knobs one to give away. Uh, yes. Perfect. To our patrons on Patreon.com forward slash Guitar Knobs. Uh, the thank you for that. We appreciate that. Absolutely. John Esterly. Um, check out his pedals. And uh, Jared... Well, if you need pickups, new pickups, new pickups that look old to match your old project or relic or whatever you have going on, uh, brandonwoundpickups.com. If there's anything there you don't see that you need, throw me an email and we will get it going for you. You left out that they truly sound amazing. I have yet to meet a person that has put those in there that hasn't said, holy cow, these things sound fantastic. Oh my, thank you very much, my it's, friend. That's the truth. Uh, and Tony then Bologna. you can, uh, yeah, you can shoot a, a Tony a message. He makes amazing pick guards, yep. customized pick guards, pick guards made out of all kinds of crazy materials and shapes and sizes uh, over at pickguardian.com. He's and you guy. can find him on Instagram, pickguardian1, the number one, uh, because somebody else grabbed pickguardian, whatever. So and here's uh, the first one. Yeah. And you can, uh, you, now, Joe. You also yeah. have a podcast. Is that correct? I do. Tell oh, us yeah. about that really quick. Uh, well, it's called Just Surprise Me. And uh, it's not necessarily a gear talk podcast. However, there I do host it with two other guys that are fairly well-known in the gear community. Um, Mr. Will Lahue of, uh, well, he started a channel called Mediocre Demos, but everyone knows him from hashtag Lahueing, where they would bring the pedal in from the side. Uh, that was him. And then RJ Smith from Teletalks. All right. Uh, Anna, it's just a random nonsense podcast of topics, and it's pretty, pretty horrible. <laughs> 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 I wouldn't listen to it at all, but you might like it. Yeah, yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> I think I think you're you've got a racket going on uh, on underplaying everything and selling the heck out of it. Uh, Why <laughs> wouldn't you play it while you're doing stuff in the shop? You know, yeah. I totally well, will. Let, let me put. I I try to be, behave myself, but it's very explicit because RJ can't behave himself. No, okay, yeah. so it's for the adults. I'm familiar with. Oh that. yeah, yeah. Don't listen with kids in the room gotcha. because it gets pretty bad. Yeah. Uh-huh. See, in our podcast, the adults are kids, so that's how that works. <laughs> you know how yeah. um, when some people are recording, they say, "Oh, I'll cut that out." Yeah. We don't cut that out. It just yeah. stays in. <laughs> <laughs> that's far easier than what we do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, you can shoot me a message, Todd, at theguitarnobs.com. That's an email-type message. Uh, I will gladly read it. And we'd love to know what's going on in your own music world. If you'd like to share Would You Rather uh, or you know, ask any other questions or what have you, you can DM me at guitarnobs on Instagram. Uh, Joe, we're really thrilled that you joined us. I'm happy to have had you on and to get to know you a little bit better. And I'm hopefully that everybody else out there now has a much greater understanding of what you are about, what kind of things you do and who you are, and they're happy about it. Oh, thank you, man. I really do appreciate you guys having me on. I don't want to make pedals. I want to make friends. There you go. Very Look at that. Nice. Look at that's, that. that's another entity that you can create. That's, you know, like a... <laughs> support group or something (laughs) (laughs) all right everybody have a great guitar weekend subscribe then you get brussels sprouts and spread it around todd gonzalez hello joe (laughs) you can decorate your cake like that
No, I'm yes. not. He is. Oh, yeah, of course. And the other one you can actually chew and swallow. What's up, man? Pretty. You sound pretty like you're here, I, man. I can't hear because awesome. Jared's talking. Well, one, you look like a lollipop. Jared Brandon. How you doing? And it's edible. You can eat it. Um, <laughs> um, let me eliminate that. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram at guitar knobs. Catch you next time.